2: G'day, this is Better Than Yesterday. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Osha Ginsburg, and this is the Wednesday edition of the show. Better Than Yesterday is a podcast that is here to make your day today better than yesterday having great conversations that do just that each and every time since 2013. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we're here. Mondays and Wednesdays with a guest. Fridays is just me and you. I'm Osher Ginsberg. I'm a a TV show host. I'm a uh, ergo rowing machine rower guy. I'm a a TRX inverted physio rehab guy. Uh, I'm a lost riff stuck in my head that I can't remember the name of guy. (laughs) Dun, 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 Doon, 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 doon. it'll come to me and I'm here for you. Send us your email at gmail.com is my email address. I do love seeing where you listen to the show. It really makes my day. And I think there's still time to get in on the listener survey, which you can find in the show notes. It's really helpful to help me get to know you and get to know what you want out of the show because we've been here 10, we've been here 10 years and you know. You've you got to make sure that everyone in the relationship is feeling good, and that involves communication. So please, get involved. Uh, send us your email at gmail.com is my email address, and the link to that survey is in the show notes. We're going back to uh, a short version of a much longer conversation from 2015, which is wild, with Jane Kennedy, the magnificent Jane Kennedy. Uh, she's an actor, author, writer, casting director, producer, comedian, mother of five, and founding member of Working Dog, Jane Kennedy. She's an extraordinarily influential person. Um, She's a huge part of Australia's most successful independent film and television production companies, like easily of all time. She has such an accomplished resume. She's an incredible person. I was grateful that she sat down with me to have a bit of a chat. We did talk about the first famous Australian that Jane met at the very, very beginning of her career as a producer in radio and how her and her team at Working Dog get their inspiration. Also, Jane has some takes on the news media of the day, uh, which even though it was eight years ago, is still quite relevant. So let's have a chat about where it started for Jane before
3: she even got to radio. I went to Melbourne Uni and yeah. freaked around for six months and then left. Oh. Mm. What was the course you went into? Arts. yes and uh, it, was, it was boring to me um, and I, I liked socially. I quite liked it, sort of, mm. though I, I did think I wasn't um, broadening my horizons because I, I felt like I knew everyone at uni. It was just all the kids from school that had all just gone to right. the same. So I ended up doing a bit of research and I found a course called Media Studies at RMIT and, um, Which
2: wasn't a university at the time. No,
3: it wasn't university. Still tech, and uh, I aimed to get into that, and that was my whom. That's I really loved that. I it was making films, making radio shows, yeah. cutting tape, you know, and pasting things yeah, together, know, all, and all that, that, that real to real. Yeah, yeah. Loved it, and everyone was really different, you Just, know.
2: One step back, what was the conversation with your parents about I'm gonna quit university?
3: Oh, just they were just yep, sure. Really? Yep. They I I think ultimately I knew I wanted to work in showbiz in some way. Yeah. I just had had to work out how that was going to manifest itself and that Mm -hmm. there would be different ways that I I didn't know what traditional avenue I would do. That I was in a band, you know, singing and playing guitar and all that. But I What was the band called? Highly strong. Acoustic man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Stevie Nicks and
2: Yeah, uh, mandolins.
3: No double bass. Twelve strings? No twelve strings. Okay. Violin, two guitars. Beards. Maybe Dan Warner, who I played with. Maybe Dan had a beard at some stage. Um, there you go. Yeah, there was a possibility. Oh, I certainly did. I was <laughs> <laughs> oh, so huge.
2: So what was it like when you got around to you got to RMIT? And then, did oh, you get the, oh, my people?
3: I did because people had piercings in their nose at that time was outrageous yeah. and, and shaved heads and people went to high school, not a convent school. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was different and I loved it. Yeah. Mm. And uh, went there and didn't finish the degree because I got a job. And someone came in one day and said, we need a radio producer for a radio station. Um, some girl's just been sacked or she fled yeah. in horror. And I went and started radio. Which That's station? It. it was called 3UZ in Melbourne. At, it used to be a very famous talk station. Uh-huh. Burt Newton and Graham Kennedy used to be on it. Oh, it was their station? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was taken over and ended up uh, becoming country and western.
2: So you were, you were radio producing. Isn't that interesting? That recruited straight from university. Mm. There's no way that it happened now. No way. Really. No way. Really. No. That would be poaching from another station. There's no oh, way. Could, yes. There's no you way right. you could get a job straight like
3: as pff- the mo- I was the morning producer.
2: What? You <laughs> breakfast radio producer out of uni. Yeah. What did that job entail? <laughs> um,
3: ducking for cover when the guy would throw a book at my head. Like he was he was in that's why the girl had left for <clears throat> it was actually the morning show and he was a um I won't name him, but I mean
2: Well you have giving us enough information and timeline. People no, are gonna the, figure the, it out. The
3: words um lovable rogue spring to mind. But he was really volatile and he would throw things around the studio. He wasn't throwing things at me, but yeah, sort of had to, he had a very fiery temper and I used to just have to organise um, special guests to be on his show and the first, honest to God, the first guest I organised because it was already booked in was Paul Hogan. Huh. So I met, honestly, my childhood hero is Paul Hogan.
2: In your first week?
3: Yeah, first day. What? Yeah, funny. What was that like? was unreal. He was unreal. It was, unreal. It was, unreal. It was a Crocodile Dundee he was promoting. Get out. What? And Nolene, his wife, came in as well, and I offered them a beer. At and it was, yeah, no. Eight in the morning. Yeah. Did, he, did he say yes? He laughed. And he said, "I oh, better not.
2: <laughs> Jane Kennedy is one of the founding members of Working Dog. They're in Australia for the TV shows currently on the air. You can see Thank God You're Here. You can see Cheap Seats, have you been paying attention? A Utopia, Russell Coit's All Aussie Adventures. They also have made many, many films, including The Castle, The Dish. So working with her team, where does Jane get her ability to Right, in an incredibly funny way.
3: I think because, first of all, you're so up with the news and everything, you know, you're just hungry for. So you're actually, um, I'm trying to think of the way to describe it. You could probably go on sale of the century, you know. Your knowledge is so vast and it, it does make you.
2: There'll be Who Wants to Be a Millionaire now. Who Wants to Be a
3: Millionaire, mm. which I'm pretty good at, and the kids say, Mum, you should go on this. Mm. I said yeah, Somehow
2: I. I know Eddie. It's not it going to work. work. People will. <laughs> yeah. Kennedy It's gate. not going to work. It'll, yeah. It'll yeah. be on.
3: But no, I think it was a. Um, there's something interesting about being with a bunch of people who are up with everything, and not, you know, it's fun and it's um, it's political. It's, um, yeah. Uh, don't know what else. What
2: was the first? What was the first inkling that? it was going to be something bigger than radio? Uh,
3: I think knowing the intellect of the boys that I work with, men, they're they're really smart and that always impressed me. And I thought, wow, I've got a lot to learn from these guys. And they were great teachers uh, in a writing sense for me as well. But I just thought, you know, I, I loved the attitude of dream big nothing to lose, and that's what happened all the time. Mm. And I think when we talked about making a TV show on the ABC, we knew that to, to do that and leave radio, well, basically we will get no wage. It was almost like that. You go from breakfast radio to doing what you love and want. Without blinking, everyone said, yes, let's do it. This is it. And that, ha- it's never been financial motivation ever. and I, It just cannot be for anything you're passionate about. It can't be about money. And that has been very important along the way. And if we ever make, have, had ever made any money at all, we'd love to reinvest it and do something else. And that's how we were able to make a film. And the osmosis comes from that for different things, you know, other TV shows and whatever.
2: As you were doing those first year or so at the ABC and you're looking at your radio contemporaries making that, 80s breakfast radio money (laughs) did you think oh I've done the wrong
3: thing no no we didn't honestly those we made the late show and I'm not kidding when I say I honestly can't remember that time it was so full-on it was live it was packed with sketches and I think we did 26 episodes a year we just had no and I remember having no fear there is no way I would do half the stuff I would have done back then. Now, of course, we didn't have some dick on Twitter saying, oh, that's not funny. Oh, go home. She's fat. That's not happening. He's ugly. You don't have that today. So that's why. And we were very actually badly um, critiqued by the main television writers in the country. (laughs) But also I think being at the ABC, we were a bit um, infallible because uh, we couldn't be axed for some reason. So we just knew we we're just going to be on. whoever's watching, watching whatever
2: but being having that fearlessness though that is what drives you I think to find that cutting edge stuff yes that drives the next project
3: that's right um, but but that again also I just you, you can't take the same risks today that we had the opportunity on commercial television. Mm. You can't do that today.
2: We're back in a minute with Jane Kennedy if you need me. I'm always here. Send us email at gmail.com that's where you can find me back in a sec with Jane Kennedy.
1: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello?
0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: We're revisiting my conversation with Jane Kennedy, recorded in the extraordinary like super mega penthouse suite of the Olsen Hotel. I booked a regular room and whoever was checking me in that day, went, oh, the penthouse is free. Do you want to stay there? Oh, yes. Uh, Is what I said. (laughs) It was like three bedrooms. It was crazy. I couldn't sleep in all of it. We sat, Jane and I sat down at a table for 12. Like who stays in a hotel and has dinner for 12 people? Someone who can afford the penthouse, the Olsen. That's who. Uh, But that's where we sat at that table and it was glorious. So I wanted to ask, What's her view on the on the news, really? Because she works in you know comedy, but part of the comedy that she makes is is, is you know the satirical take on on the news of the day or the news of the week, and shows like Q and A on the ABC or Current Affair on Channel Nine, they can take news and they can turn it into entertainment in many ways. So I found it interesting when Jane shared what she actually listens to.
3: I'm a talkback radio listener.
2: Oh yes, what for fun?
3: Yeah, because I just. Yeah, I, I, it's insane, and it's just people are still as ridiculous as ever, and with their beliefs. What? Well,
2: here is what blows my mind, and I heard it the other day. Rush Limbaugh, who's mm. like the most offensive yeah. right-wing offensive, right-wing <laughs> talkback, he calls Jerk. he calls Barack Obama a half African American. Right?
3: Yeah, it's pleasant, isn't
2: it? Is that he's, he's that's a, respectful? Yeah, it's disgusting <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I heard that he went in, it was a, a station in Louisiana or Missouri or somewhere south. He went in and he was doing left-wing talk back. That was his <laughs> thing. He went in there, his first ever job. That was what he was passionate about. And they said, the numbers aren't working. He went, okay,
3: okay. switched. Yeah,
2: right. So- Mm-hmm. He knows it's a show.
3: Yes, yes.
2: And I would think the same was true for Stan Zemanek when he was still yes, alive. I agree. He knows it's a show. Yes, he knows it's for play. I'm sure
3: Alan Jones does too. But the
2: punters don't. No, and that's what frightens it the is hell frightening. out
3: of me. But but that's why it's why it is because there are still the disparity between punters. Mm. It's yeah abundantly clear. Especially on talkback radio, yeah, commercial talkback radio. That
2: it sets the tone of so much mm. misinformation, and it's the same that happened with Iraq. Or oh, you say something enough times that the lie becomes it's fact.
3: Like manifests
2: it's, like we saw it last week with the Adam Goods thing. Like, yes, it, there's so much stuff that didn't have anything to do with the truth, but because it got retweeted and spoken and respoken so many times, suddenly it's fact.
3: So when you say the Adam Adam Goods thing, so I'm, I'm trying to imagine how we would. Um, look at that yeah. and break that down. And my instinct is uh, we are just going to observe how the media have projected it to us mm. and what's the bigger audience they're going to get. Basically, they just want something explosive. Mm. So whatever is the most outrageous thing, that the way you could handle it. It, it would be great to set up an argument between a couple of leaders um the forums also, we used to use a bit where Mike Moore would conduct a forum and you just get the most right-wing left-wing extremist people in a room that's what you would do and there's plenty of um guns for hire for all that stuff too plenty of people put their hands up to be on as I said Q&A that show or other shows they go yep what do you want me to bang on about I'm there
2: how hard do you want me to go yeah wow mm, all good fun It's all good fun until you realise a lot of the population don't realise that it's all good fun. It's being masked. It's been presented as news, and that's
3: the thing. But I honestly don't think. I honestly don't. Well, no, this is another big conversation. I won't. won't, We won't get bogged down with Adam Good's thing, anyway. That's not
2: (laughs) okay. I thought it was. It's a a very, very, very big mirror that got held up to our society
3: this week. Yes, it did. For
2: all kinds of reasons, it did. And it made a lot of people uncomfortable. Yes, a
3: lot.
2: Yeah, a lot of middle-aged white men. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you, yeah. you,
2: you do a lot of work in, and this is the thing, that, uh, that it, was, it was frontline productions, which was the initial uh, mm. uh, genesis of the, your television production. Working, it then became Working Dog Productions, which is, without a doubt, one of the most, if not the most successful independent television proju- and film producers mm. that has ever happened in our country. It really, maybe. That's very nice to say. Well, it's true. Maybe, maybe uh, Zabrudah. Yep. Maybe Cordell. We've
3: all been around for a while.
2: Yeah, but you've the things you've created have been cornerstones in our cultural. They really have. There's not an Australian that hasn't seen the the the, the castle. Oh, that's all right. It so, yeah. really is all right. And there's you know there's the, as we said that the the Late Show Frontline, um, you know what's it like that that thing that was the breakfast radio every morning at 4 (laughs) a.m is now an office that you will still create in uh
3: so because nothing really has changed really from those days we're in this for physically we're in the same office that we've been in for about 20 years wow which I'm quite sure has asbestos walls. I mean, it's really maybe
2: that's where the funny. Comes from.
3: <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> We're all radioactive. <laughs> it's in. It's across. The, I can probably see it from here, yeah. from this, and it's a really bad old building. But and with a we we call it the boardroom, and it's just literally panels up of on the walls, a whiteboard. There's a routine. There's just a, a friendship. There's something that keeps going on. Our lifestyles haven't changed. Our families haven't changed. And it's just, I, I think, a joy. I, I've backed out of it because I have lots of kids at home and I sort of have to be full-time mum. But the guys still go in. It's the same bad food in the kitchen and fridge, which, which means healthy. <laughs> they have nothing that's unhealthy in there. They're very fit guys. They... Have good hours, but they all their minds work the whole time. They're sort of creating all the time. So
2: I saw, I saw, I saw all, normal. I saw all of them last night. I saw yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Santo, Rob, Tom, Tom. and Michael. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. For men in their late forties, early fifties, they're all very fit. Mm, they they don't have the.
3: I'm the unfittest of everyone. <laughs> but they don't they don't
2: have the. I go to a the lot paunchy, of paunchy, boozy. Paunch. Yeah, no, no, no. I, that's
3: not ever been. They're not at TV executive land. Yeah. Mm. That's probably a good thing.
2: It was very good. A very, a very, very good thing. Mm. Uh, you worked, uh, you said you work as, a, you have five kids, so mm. that's a lot of work. Mm. That's a lot of work. And uh, my mum had four boys. Mm. Um, but you also do a lot of casting when you can. Yes. For, yes, for working dog productions. Yeah. What, what do you look for when you're casting?
3: Um, first of all, i watch a lot of stuff. And I watch everything from, I watch Neighbours, I watch Home and Away. Um, I, I mostly enjoy those shows as well. I like seeing the the new talent coming through. And I know that to get through the keeper of those casting worlds, they've got to be really good. Mm. Um, I I look for, I, I, it's a little bit, I, I feel like if I could be a judge on The Voice, <laughs> I just know it as soon as I see it. Uh-huh. You just can go bang, someone's got it or they haven't. Right. It generally comes from a person who decided when they were five, that's what they want to do. And I, there's very few people I've seen that I've cast that it's, oh, I never thought about acting ever before in my life. It's, yeah, this is the only thing I ever want to do. And that comes through somehow to me. I always used to say
2: that on on Idol when mm-hmm. I saw it's rare that you see 5,000 people
3: standing in line all wanting the same thing. Yes, yes, yes. And you can't do it to be no. famous. And we
2: could walk, I could, and James could do it mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. James could do it too. We would walk down the, the the line in the morning before we opened the gates at 7 in the morning, mm-hmm. 7.30 in the morning with a camera crew. And you could just walk down the line and go, no, 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 Wow, no, so even you.
3: physically before you even heard them.
2: They look in their eyes.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's she's true. See the their I can eye. Tell. And how they're presenting themselves, yep. how they absolutely I mean, every person who I've ever cast has been totally professional or you know, and I, I love it if somebody's come from neighbours or been mm. aware of Soapy because you go, Oh my god, the hours you mm. work. Ruthless. You can't stuff that up nope. either, or poof, you're gone. Two takes if you like. Absolutely.
2: If you want to hear my full conversation with Jane Kennedy, which I thoroughly recommend because she's magnificent. You can check it out. Scroll back in the podcast feed. You can find it. We talk about her career in radio. We talk about what it's like working in Brecky Radio, what it's like being a mother of five, what it's like to talk to your kids about porn, <laughs> which is a fantastic bit in just itself. And uh, the one show that her family all gather together to watch each and every week, which is great. You can scroll down It's episode 102 of this show, and uh, that's where you can find it. In the show notes, uh, of this episode you can find a link to the survey the listener survey I'd love to know a bit more about you it'll help me make better shows for you I'll be back here on Friday thank you so much for listening thank you to Abby Benno who produced this show and to Andy Ma who did the audio and video and to Toe Heider, who made the music and to my business partner Ben I didn't know it was going to get musical at the end but it did